What's up, everybody? Seems like it's over. Is this the time? Is this truly the farewell? Let's eulogize the Vikings here on the Locked On Vikings podcast. You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Locked On Vikings Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, your pal, and the kid you copied off in math class. My name is Luke Braun. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL. Shows on Twitter at Locked On Vikings. Thank you so much for making Locked On Vikings your first listen of the day. And today we are talking, of course, about we're going to call it the end. It's not technically the end, but the Vikings lost 32-23 to the Los Angeles Rams. At home, it was a pretty sleepy day, a pretty pathetic performance. We're going to pick up everything that went wrong here. Uh, But first, a real quick word, I guess. Uh, Some of the playoff prediction sites are giving us something like 10, 11%. So we're not technically out of it. We need wins and help. We'll go over all those scenarios later in the week. Uh, But for now, suffice it to say that this really tears it for the Vikings. This is, this is, puts us behind the eight ball. We need to win in a lot. We need to win out and get a decent amount of help now. And I think the Vikings deserve to be there because that was awful. That was just really bad. And there were things that were good in it. The Vikings did make a game of it at the end, kind of, sort of. Um, They got three interceptions on Matt Stafford. They actually made Matt Stafford have a pretty bad day. They got some pressure on him. Um, They got him hit. They made him make mistakes. I thought the defensive tackles, Pearson Tomlinson had good gifts. I could go over and say, well, here's what's okay, and here's the good stuff, and let's focus on the silver linings. But that would feel so disingenuous because... Uh, this was a disaster of a game in a lot of different ways. The offense was a complete catastrophe. The first half offense scored three points. They were, uh, and that was, by the way, a field goal on a possession where they took over in well within field goal range, maybe in the red zone, and went three and out, by the way. So those were the points they scored in the first half. They had one drive that lasted more than four plays. They had two three and outs, two four and outs, and then a 12-play drive that ended in an interception. Uh, uh, in the in the end zone, it was a really bad first half, and honestly, they just didn't they just couldn't come back from that. They were down, I think, thirteen to three in the first half or something like that, and then uh, they ended up actually making a little bit of a comeback, but they gave up a punt return touchdown that was on Dan Chisena, who didn't quite break down. Uh, the broadcast made that look like a block in the back. Um, I was at the stadium, I saw it, I saw it from a different angle. It was not a block in the back. It was a pretty good block in the shoulder. It was close to a block in the back, but the angle, I think, deceives you on the uh, broadcast there. There was probably a better argument for a block in the back on Troy Die on that play, but either way, the lanes were all busted by then, and then it was uh, a touchdown. They lost by a touchdown. They gave a punt return touchdown. If you just want to make that the the way you see this game and move on, then sure, but I think you'd miss a lot. Um, Kirk Cousins was bad in this game. He got 315 yards. He had a bad game. I am saying that. And if you are unwilling to think that that is possible, you turn the show off, I guess fine. Uh, but hear me out on that. We'll go over that a little bit later. The defense had a really bad day in run defense. They gave up, I think 131 yards to Sony Michelle on 27 carries. Um, they gave up, uh, just too much on the ground. The, the Rams got the ball back up, a, up a touchdown with eight and a half minutes to go. They took off six and a half of those minutes and kicked a field goal because the Vikings couldn't stop the run. How many games have we lost that way recently? It, it's really, really unfortunate. And the reasons for that, again, we'll, we'll get into all of that. Um, but I, I think generally we have to kind of talk about like, look, 
we all know that if the Vikings don't make the playoffs, which looks like a pretty likely outcome now, it's a nine to ten out nine and ten outcome. Zimmer's getting fired. Spielman's probably going with him the way the Wills talk about it. Um, a lot of people ask about, well, who do you fire one? Do you fire the other? Blah blah blah. And you can have your opinion on what they, you think they should do, sure. But it, to me, it feels kind of moot because the Wills have already kind of told us that their fates are tied. That those two are tied at the hip. They wanted them to have synchronized contracts. They wanted them to be in kind of the same situation. And so I think if you get rid of one, you get rid of the other. You bring in a new whole thing, and uh, and we talk about it. Um and that seems like it's going to happen because I think the team isn't very well put together. The team isn't very well coached right now. The team isn't ready to beat anybody. They've had a really abysmal last month here. They lost to the Lions. They almost blew a 29-point lead against the Steelers, which I thought was actually a fairly quality win. The Steelers are on the cusp of playoff position, and you kind of blew them out pretty good, and you almost collapsed, but you had blown them out so well that the collapse didn't matter. Um, And then they went toe-to-toe and and like had a really pathetic performance against a Bears team that looked even more pathetic and then they looked pathetic again against a real team and they kind of got their asses kicked and and the real ass kicking here was in the trenches on both sides of the ball Aaron Donald is all over the place and he's gonna do that to you like I'm not I wouldn't harp on like oh how could you let Aaron Donald be Aaron Donald like he's gonna do that uh but on the other side of the ball the the Rams had a third string left tackle because of covid issues they had a backup center that got hurt early in the game they had a third string center for most of the game and they had a second string left guard that entire left side was made a backups practice squad undrafted guys uh and the vikings couldn't get a push at all when they got pressure on matt stafford it was manufactured it was pressures it was blitzes it was very rare that somebody just won a block they just couldn't do it because the vikings only have bull rushes they have this huge problem in their defensive line right now they just don't have any edge rushers it's like sheldon richardson and like patrick jones that tayshawn bauer in there like they just don't have guys and it's unfortunate to be in that situation for the second year in a row for the second year in a row the vikings are soft they are a a cuddly little mouse in a field filled with owls they are just scared and they play scared you know, the corners play scared, they play too off, the quarterback plays scared, checking down, being safe, wanting to be safe, talking after the game about how safe he wants to be. He's a very safe quarterback that loses games. Love it. Thanks for safely losing us the game. We're very cozy in our loss. And they are soft. They get pushed around. They aren't more physical than anybody. They can't get a push on anybody in turn. They're soft and they are scared. And in a physical contact sport like the NFL, that ain't going to work. We talk a lot about mediocrity in uh vikings communities i guess we talk a lot about oh they're stuck in purgatory they're just a medium team this ain't a medium team medium's way too nice this is a bad team that is bad at the sport this team i don't know if they're gonna win another game this might be a seven and ten team like honestly i don't see how they can go i mean i guess they've got a game against the bears coming up i guess maybe that'll be easy because the bears are just as pathetic but they are pathetic and to get out from under this is going to take some time. So we are going to have to put on our patient hats. And I know I ask you all for patience a lot, and you all want you know success really quickly, and every, every draft pick needs to play week one, or they're bad, or whatever. It's going to take some patience. You're going to have to get out from under a lot of veteran contracts. You're going to have to get out from under some rough draft picks that haven't worked out. You're going to have to kind of cycle the roster through the end of an era into the next one, that does not happen overnight, at least not if you're building it correctly, unless you're really, 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 really lucky, or you do some crazy aggressive trade to for a Farvier or something like that. But to me, it, this is how the Vikings die. Not with a bang, but with a whimper, 
and a 30 to 23 loss to the Los Angeles Rams. I want to talk offense. I want to talk defense. Um, but first, let me talk to you at least about the best tasting protein bar on the planet. It's Vikings make you sad. Let a built bar make you happy because it's covered in 100% chocolate and chocolate makes everybody happy. Uh, built bar is a delicious alternative to a candy bar because it tastes like a candy bar. And it's a cheat day without actually being a cheat day. It can trick your brain and satisfy all those lizard brain cravings that you want for sugar or whatever. But it's low in sugar, low in calories, carbs, and fat, high in protein, and it is absolutely delicious. So head on over to BuiltBar.com or Built.com, and you can get 15% off of your order if you use promo code LOCKED15. L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, all one word. Get 15% off of your order at Built.com. Thanks again for making Lockdown Vikings your first listen every day. Make sure you go check out the Ultimate College Football Playoff Preview in 2021. Local experts, betting advice, and draft analysis, the most comprehensive college football playoff preview begins this Friday. So let's talk about the defense, because I'm going to talk about the offense, and, and we'll get a little spicy here. But for me, the the defense, the coverage was good. And I was watching the coverage a lot. Um, I was trying to identify them, because that's a project that I have. Is I'm trying to learn how to identify uh, like man-match coverages. I didn't do a very good job of that, and I don't want to talk about it, but that meant I had my eyes on the coverage a lot. I thought the coverage was really, really good. A lot of people were in my mentions talking about how bad Mackenzie Alexander was. He fell down on the one play where Cooper Cup uh, converted a big giant third down. That was a bad play, but otherwise I thought he did pretty well. Um, I don't know. I, I thought the coverage was good, Like, and then the, the pass rush didn't come. There was no pass rush at all, and it was very, very, very frustrating, both from a, like, there's just no ability here, and they had no depth at defensive end. We were worried about that. They didn't address it. Now they're getting punished for it. So the Vikings kind of deserve to have this kind of defensive end problem, even though they have had some injuries and some problems that they don't necessarily control. They did control their backup plan to that. And the backup plan's worse than I think other backup plans would have been. So they do deserve that to some degree. But they also deserve this because they didn't call enough stuff. They didn't help these guys out at all. And I don't know what, what it is with Mike Zimmer. This is like a huge complaint I've had with Mike Zimmer this year. He is unwilling he is allergic to attacking bad players on the other team if there's a backup in he'll ignore that guy if there's a backup quarterback he's gonna make it easy for that backup quarterback he doesn't want to attack that guy it's like he's scared of that guy beating you so they didn't overload they didn't stress they didn't do anything to stress that depleted left side of the rams line and i do not understand that for the life of me it was four man vanilla bull rushes all day and i mean they have they can run a game like, DJ Wanham can run stunts. We've seen him run stunts. He's been better at that this year, and I don't know why they didn't do any of that all game. It was beside me, and it's just another thing that we put on the, the list of things for Mike Zimmer this year. Zimmer is called a bad year. And last year, I gave him the, a pass because he lost a lot of players. You know, you had Michael Pierce opt out. They were kind of in a transitional thing where they were going from the 2017 year. They lost Rhodes and no Sandejo, no Linval and all that stuff. You lost all that. You got a transition year. That's fine. But now they've built a team the way they want to build it. You know, this was sold as it, and I did, am at fault too. This was sold as a thing that was supposed to be back to the upper echelons of elite defense. And they're missing Daniil Hunter. They're missing Everson Griffin. But that's it. I mean, it's not like losing Bashad Breeland was a big loss. Honestly, that might have been addition by subtraction because I thought Cameron Dantzler and Chris Boyd in a rotation outplayed what Bashad Breeland would have done. So it's not like it's for lack of talent. You got Patrick Peterson. Pearson Tomlinson are balling. You got Barr balling two interceptions for him. Eric Kendricks, I thought he did poor in the run, but he's a good coverage guy. You've got the players, and you're just sort of vanilla lining up and letting the offense kind of do whatever they want. 
and there's a lot of things. The, the Vikings have given up a lot of uncontested yards this year. Too many uncontested yards. That's on scheme. That's on coaching. That's on the coverage calls. Um, I, I love the way that Zimmer usually calls defense. I love the scheme of Zimmer's defense. Whoever the next coach is, I want to run more man match cover seven. I think that's a great way to play football in today's NFL. But Zimmer has called a bad year. And that's supposed to be the strength? I'm out. I'm done with him. It, it bothers me. And that, that's not even to say anything about the run defense. The run defense has been absolutely putrid. And a big part of that is DJ Wanham. They were attacking DJ Wanham. DJ Wanham got washed out constantly. I saw him get outmuscled by Cooper Cup once. It was disgusting. And DJ Wanham, for the game he had against the Bears, has this game now has solidified my take on DJ Wanham. He is great if nobody blocks him, which is kind of a problem as a defensive lineman. But as long as nobody blocks this defensive lineman, he's fantastic. Great, explosive player, love the athleticism. Superstar, as long as nobody blocks him. <laughs> um, I thought Kendricks had a rough day. I thought they just, again, they got outmuscled, like, Kendricks just got washed out a lot, and he can't. He he's always not been great at, at like shedding blocks from offensive linemen, um, so it's not like a big surprise. This has always been a thing, and and we've loved him in spite of it. It just showed up really ugly in this one, and they just didn't have edge rushers. It sounds like Patrick Jones had a rough day. I didn't watch him very closely, so I can't say if I agree with that or not. But somebody tweeted at me that was like, "Why haven't you talked about how bad of a day Patrick Jones is having?" So I don't know. Maybe that person's right, um, but he did get a lot of snaps, which is good. That's a nice uh, upgrade. I mean, he's kind of been slowly but surely working his way into the lineup over the course of the year. It's just a developmental arc he's on. He's just kind of slowly getting better and better. Um, and I, I thought Sheldon Richardson did not have a great day, but really they just they ran at Wanham a lot. They ran at Willica, or Willicus wasn't it? Uh, Bauer. They ran at Bauer quite a bit. Chayshon Bauer, practice squad guy, and and they would just wash dudes out. You can't just get physically dominated like that and expect to be taken seriously in this league. This is a, another bad defensive performance. They give up 30 at home. Really, really rough. And Anthony Barr comes out later and says it felt like a sleepy atmosphere. Well, I say, give us something to cheer about, buddy. Uh, <laughs> look, I don't want to get too mean about it because I need to get mean. I want to save some of my anger for uh, the offense, which was horrific. And I want to talk about a couple reasons why I think that is. But first, let me talk to you about a good old gramble. BetOnline.ag is your one-stop shop for all things grambling. You can bet on pro football, college football, all other sports, MMA, or even your favorite Vegas casino games. You can just go play a little cards if you want. That is at Bet Online. I like their live betting apparatus. They just they redesigned that for this season, and it's been really fun all year to kind of watch the ebb and flow of the game, try to feel it out and say, okay, they're down 10 now. They're going to have a really favorable line. I think they're going to come back. You can get a good money line or a good spread that way. That's my favorite. They also have player props and stuff. But whatever you're grambling on, head on over to BetOnline.ag. And you can enter promo code locked on L O C K E D O N, and you can get a 50% welcome bonus. That means 50% of your direct deposit all plopped right into your money, your uh, account on your first deposit when you use the promo code locked on L O C K E D O N, all one word, at betonline.ag, where the game starts. Okay, we have to. We ha I don't want to. I don't want to. I really don't want to, but we have to. We have to talk about. The offense. This was a putrid offensive game. Do not let the score fool you. Do not let the stat line fool you. This was a garbage time game. The Vikings were chasing the game the entire time. They were behind early. They had a putrid first half. And then they had a couple of good drives at the end of the game trying to make it a game once they were down 14 points with 10 minutes to go. It was a bad offensive day. 
And there's a bunch of reasons for this. For one, they couldn't get the run game going, and I think a lot of that was schematic. There was a lot of shotgun running, and it is a, a shotgun run gets going a little slower. And if I remember, the Rams are a bad team from under center, or a bad their their run defense has struggled against under center uh, run games. The Vikings came out and shotgun all day. Um, correct me if I'm wrong on that, but if I'm not, that would be a pretty big miss in scouting, right? But the reason I don't like these shotgun runs is because the Vikings aren't good at them, and they should stop doing things that they are bad at. Uh, <laughs> you would think this is obvious by December, but this team does not know where its ass is. So I, the the thing that I think they struggle with most is the mesh point is really, really slow. Um, Kirk Cousins to Alexander Madison in this case. And Madison, I did not think, had a very good game at all. His vision was poor. He had a few explosive runs, which were nice, but I thought he bounced one out that he shouldn't have. He missed a hole one way. He didn't cut back. Wongu had the same problems. Um, Our running backs can't see? That sucks. Um, But really, the slow mesh point allows... It it requires our offensive linemen to block for a little longer, and for those guys, that's a problem. Uh, And then everything got blown up behind the line, and then they were behind the sticks, and then things didn't really work out. And when you're behind the sticks, when you're second and ten, what do you call, right? Maybe a play-action shot, maybe like a seven yard out, try to get some of it back. Or you could call four yard curl routes across the way and make Cousins read that left to right, which is what Clint Kubiak is inexplicably obsessed with. Clint Kubiak, I would like to fire him into the sun. I would like to lock him up in exile where they put all the rest of the Batman villains. And I would never, I never want to hear from him again. I want him nowhere near an offense ever again. Not until he's had 10 years to learn how to run one because he has absolutely no idea what he's doing. (laughs) I'm getting a little bit spicy here. But I'm upset at this team because I'm watching a a build of the Vikings that I liked, that I really believed in. I believed in Zimmer. I believed in Spielman. And I'm watching it die because they have a child at offensive coordinator who is so obsessed with curl routes, he's not actually giving his players a chance to win the rep. You you can't win on a curl route. They can just sit on top of it and break it up. And they are so unbelievably obsessed with curl routes in the, the passing game and spacing stuff and quick timing things and all this. And that's all well and good. But there's no explosiveness to that. There is no explosiveness at all to the Vikings offense. And a lot of that comes from the play calling. But I got to talk about the quarterback. And I want to spend a little bit of time on this. So if the show goes long, then I'm sorry. I got to get this out there because this is so my relationship with Kirk Cousins is complicated. All right. I I will praise him when he has a good game. Go listen to my post games after he has a big flashy one. You know, the Seattle game comes to mind. He was phenomenal in. Uh, I think it was the Chargers game was really good in, the Packers game was really good in, if I remember. Go listen to those if you want proof. I will give him credit when it's due. And I try to be really objective about Kirk, but we are all kind of falling into this world with Kirk Cousins where you're either for him or against him, and anything that you say, the other side will see that and be like, well, you're just being irrational. Everybody's irrationally standing up for Kirk Cousins. Everybody's just irrationally blaming him for everything. Well, then let's be rational. Let's take all of this context out of it. Let's take the fact that they lost out of it. Let's take the stat line out of it. We don't care about all that, right? Let's just look at Kirk Cousins and what he did. And here's the two traits that I noticed most um, that, that stood out to me because they are either so usual for Kirk Cousins that it's frustrating or because they aren't very usual for Kirk Cousins. Um, like, I'll give him a, a little bit of credit. Second half, I thought he had very good pocket presence. thought he worked it pretty well. He climbed the pocket. He ran around. He made plays. Great stuff. Um, so here's, I got to explain the way that, uh, Kirk Cousins bothers me because he's late and he hesitates. That's a big thing. Now that's been a thing for Kirk Cousins since Washington. He has always been a hesitant quarterback. And I don't mean time to throw because time to throw 
will uh, often be skewed by quick timing routes where you're not really, the quarterback's not making a decision. It's all just timed out for them. That doesn't really reflect on the quarterback. And then like bootlegs that make it look like he's holding it for really long. When again, that's the play. I'm talking about on, on plays where it's neither of those things, where they're making a read and they're trying to get the ball out as quickly as they can, but to the right place, right? Kirk Cousins hesitates. On every play, there is a time when the ball should come out, right? There's a time when, okay, if it's perfectly timed, the ball's out now. He's always a beat later than that. And you're not going to find that on any stats because there isn't a stat that charts when the ball should have come out, right? So this is a subjective opinion matter, but I feel pretty confident in it because things are behind receivers. They're late. Uh, Receivers are open. And then when the ball gets there, they're no longer open. The window has closed because the ball was late. Part of this is because Kirk Cousins is hesitant uh, and, and sometimes indecisive. Part of this is because he pats the ball before he throws. It's a bad mechanical habit that he has that takes time um, that he's never fixed in his whole career. So I'm, I'm just going to guess that all of his coaches had bigger fish to fry teaching him the scheme, whatever, which is fine, but we're getting punished here. Um, and because of that, the ball is late a lot. There was one play I posted on Twitter where um, he threw the ball to Justin Jefferson, who was streaking open on a crosser over the middle. He was reading it deep to long, and he read deep, and he just took way too long to come off the deep route. And I couldn't see the deep route on the, that particular replay. I don't remember it from live. So I'll have to see what he was looking at there. Um, but either way, make a faster decision to come down to the intermediate route, which was Jefferson, and you would have been able to hit him in stride for a huge game. And he had cooked Jalen Ramsey on this. By the way, Ramsey totally beat Justin Jefferson every time he went up against him. Jefferson got most of his production on plays where the Vikings moved him around away from Jalen Ramsey, which they did not do nearly enough because Clint Kubiak doesn't know how to operate a game and he cannot juggle that many things at once because he's inexperienced and he is also seven years old. So uh, the other thing about Kirk Cousins I want to mention is his paint-by-numbers style. I'm sick of it and I want it gone. I'm done with uh, having a paint-by-numbers quarterback who is completely and totally unwilling to adapt to the circumstances around him. Third and goal, third and six from the goal line, he checks down to a covered running back one yard deep. Now, he, th- there, this was a play uh, right before their, I think it was their first field goal, um, where they called a three, they were, so third and goal from the six, they called a three-level uh, concept out of bunch, which is an inexplicable play, play call out of uh, third and goal from the six. So there's that. But there's also, like, again, another notch on Kubiak's belt. Please fire him into the sun. Uh, but okay, whatever, right? So he's reading that deep to long and it's not really there. It got a little bit, they kind of picked each other off because it's the goal line and it's crowded, which is weird to have, try to do three levels when you have 10 yards to work with. Um, and then he throws it to the, the shallowest level, which is the last read. If deep isn't there, if intermediate isn't there, you go to the shallow. That's the read. It was covered. It was third and goal. And it was a one yard. It would have been a one yard completion, but he threw it over their head. So it could have been like a throwaway or something. He could have worked to the other side where there was actually a relatively reasonable throwing window for D.D. Westbrook. It would have been a difficult one. He would have had to laser it. We know he can do that. Um, but D.D. Westbrook actually had a shot there, and he just didn't do that. He did not work to the other side. Now, you might think, well, was there time? There was a perfect pocket. You couldn't ask for a better pocket in the NFL than that. Um, and so he just, it, but that's the read, right? You, you determine your half field before the snap. You get through your half field. If it's not there, you throw it away. That's the read. He's a computer, and that's what you compute. But there was no, there's no thought to it. There's no humanity to it. And honestly, that's really the personality of the Vikings. They are, they just do what you do. They don't really think about it in context. They don't think outside the box if they need to. They just kind of, they're so rank and file. They're so autopilot that they fell asleep at the wheel in week 16. And they let a playoff, possible playoff season go to waste 
because of their complacency. So I'm ready to get rid of everything. Trade Kirk away, get rid of Zimmer, get rid of Spielman, get rid of everything that isn't bolted down on a contract that is uncuttable or like rookie deals. Get rid of all of it and bring in somebody who knows what the goddamn hell they're doing. I'll talk to you all tomorrow. It's Twitter Tuesday. Check out the Locked On Bets podcast. I'll see you. We're going to start off-season stuff. Have a good night.